Your day has just begun. Yeah! But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah! Hashtag Utah Jazz. Donovan inbounds to Rudy. Donovan comes back to get it, curls around, fires the three, got it. Donovan in the white uniforms, works at the left side, hesitates. Grant Williams falls over, he pulls back for a three, hits. Oh, Grant Williams, take that and wind it back. Ingles calls to the Gobert pick. They force Ingles to his right hand, he snakes back under to his left, lobs it to Rudy, slammed up. There is no stopping this team! Throw me a zone, throw me switching, throw me a dropping pick. I will annihilate all of them, says Quinn Snyder. The maestro on the sideline with a little answer to everything. Need some of those answers now. That was the Jazz beating the Celtics. Ah, the good old days, PK, when they were winning 11 in a row and 9 in a row. And all was well. Another 4-5 the, in the last nine. Those were the days, my, my friend. friend. Jazz are 28 and 10. Still the best record of the NBA. They're facing the Celtics. A couple games over 500, 20 wins, 18 losses. Games of 5:30 tonight on TNT. Second game of a five-game road trip for the Jazz. At what point, PK, do you start to feel pressure? Or is it merely urgency? It's not pressure. There's too many regular season games to go. When? When? Wow. Today, right now. This is it. No time like the present, baby. Every game is important. How is any game not important? They're all of a level of importance that is high as far as I'm concerned. So, I mean, I felt it uh, game one and whatever game this is, I don't I don't know that that ever changes. Coverage starts at 430 with Jazz Game Night, the pregame show, and then tip off at 530. The NBA and Utah Jazz's joint investigation into allegations by former player Elijah Millsap found no evidence to support the claim that team executive Dennis Lindsay made a racially insensitive comment in an April 2015 meeting, the league said yesterday in a statement. Millsap's agent told investigators he had not been made aware of the accusation by his client during the two seasons Millsap played with the Jazz. Sources told ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski. So, PK, it's a he said, it's a he said. They can't prove that it wasn't said. They can't prove that it was said. And so there it sits. So you don't think this investigation and the results prove that it wasn't said? I don't think they prove that. I think they suggest that. But, I mean, they didn't come out and say he absolutely didn't say it. So I think you can surmise he absolutely didn't say it if you want to. Are we you know what do here? Yeah, well, I think it comes down to what do agents or free agents want to believe. I mean, how it's going to impact the Jazz going forward, isn't that the question? two different things. I don't see where that's... That, that's entirely separate. Did he say it? The investigation says there's no evidence that he did say it. Now, how does that impact free agency? Well... We, we can talk about color, but the color green matters a whole heck of a lot. <laughs> True story. So, <laughs> so, tell me how many years I'm getting. Tell me how much money I'm getting. Everybody has a, uh, what's the, a price is the word I'm looking for. So I mean, if they offer somebody way more money than the next team, 
he's coming irregardless of uh, this and this works in Jets favor that's two different things if there's long-term ramifications or even short-term any any ramifications for that matter versus did he say it you know you thought he should have been fired if he said it no I well, thought he was going to be fired if he said it that was the question was he going to be fired you if think he said he'd... it no okay all right then would you think and he because should be it's fired? what the Point blank. Do you think he should have been fired if he said it? Well, I didn't honestly think he ever said it, so I didn't ever think it was going to come to that, nor did I consider that. Okay, well, I'm going to answer the question. You're going to say no. I don't think he should have been fired. Right. I'll I'll answer the question. If you won't, I will. I don't think he should have been fired if he said it. You don't want to answer the question, so be it. Uh, But do you think he would have been fired? No. I think given what the owner said, and we don't have a lot of track record because it's new ownership, but given what the owner said about his statement about race... I thought if they proved he said it, then he was going to get fired. It doesn't make sense to me in a relationship. The, the, the power dynamic in the relationship here, and maybe it's just raw emotion, so you shouldn't put logic into it. But why is a guy who's one of the last two or three guys on the roster, maybe he's the last guy on the roster, I don't know, I have to go back and look at the roster. Why would why would a GM and he get into it like that? The people who pop logic off, everything out. I know, but the people who pop <laughs> off are usually stars. Guys at the end of the roster are just trying to stay in the league. Yeah, but, but no, that doesn't make any sense. Your logic doesn't make any sense. Why is that? You're not going to say it to Carl Malone. You're going to say it to some sub on the bench. If you're if you're gonna if you're gonna say it. You're not going to say it to a big-time star. You're going to say it to some guy that you're going to take no crap from under any circumstance. So your logic actually is illogical. He's the exact person you would say it to if you were inclined to say it. Because you don't care whether he comes back or not because he has no bearing on winning whatsoever. He's an end-of-the-bench dude. It just seems it's also unlikely that he said it because... A guy who says he was friends with him on the team never heard anything about it, and his agent oh, right. never heard well, anything the, about that's it. That's what the investigation showed, so, so we already know that. Right. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. So the Warriors, fresh off beating the Jazz, go back to back, go to the Lakers, and get hammered thoroughly 128 to 97. Funny moment in the game was Kyle Kuzma airballing a free throw. Didn't matter at all because the Lakers. On a technical Lakers, foul. I know nobody's standing. He was on the chosen line. to shoot the technical foul, and he shoots an air ball. That's the worst technical foul shot in the history of technical foul shots. The worst. When will he be chosen to shoot a tech again? Thirty-one point blowout for the Lakers. They get the. Well, win. many men are chosen, but few airball them. LeBron has a triple double. Oh, the old freaking triple. There it is. Uh, everybody, everybody who's somebody in the West picking up wins. The Clippers beat the Mavericks 109 to 99. The Nuggets beat the Pacers 121 to 106. The Suns take down the Grizzlies 122 to 99. So back to the Jazz playing the Celtics tonight. Uh, they gave up half a game to everybody. Are they going to get the win, or does everybody keep inching closer to the Jazz? So you consider the Kings nothing? Uh, I do. I do. <laughs> I do. The team that got a raw deal in all of that is the Mavericks, but they're below the Clippers in the standing. So for the purposes of this discussion, yeah, more interested in what the Clippers did than the Mavericks. Mavericks, nothing. More logo threes. Porzingis is firing now. 
five, eight, ten feet behind the three-point line, whatever. They're all good shots. And he made it. So. Nets beat the Knicks 117-112. Durant didn't play. He's now he's missed He's now missed uh, more than half the games and counting. He's played 19 of their 40. Didn't matter, though. Nets get the victory there. James Harden, 21 points, 15 rebounds, 15 assists to lead the way. He's your MVP. Think that's how it's going to play out now? I think it's either him or LeBron. Yeah. A month ago, I think everybody was saying LeBron, but it's definitely building for Harden, and uh, if they dominate here in the second half. Jokic ain't getting any love. I don't think he's going to – he can get love, but I think it's between those two. Marvin Bagley III broke his hand in the first half of the Kings' loss to Charlotte. Third-year big man, getting hurt. TBD, and we'll see him again. But I just declared them nothing, so what the heck. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. You two have a couple guys transferring, and neither one played much, PK. Uh, were they projects and supposed to be something, or this is just what happens? A couple guys don't. Don't play. Don't think they're going to play, so they're out of here. Well, they're, I don't. I have no idea what their future would have been, but they didn't play, so they're looking for playing time. Yeah. I mean, I, I get that with Utah, red flag goes up, but you got guys sitting the bench. They're probably going to want out because they all think that they should be playing, as they should. You know, I don't have any problem with that. This is a short time, and so go ahead and find some place where you can get on the floor. If it's a lower level, so be it. This doesn't seem like I don't. I don't think Larry a year from now is going to say these two guys made a mistake like he did so strongly uh, with us last week with Booth Gotch going to Minnesota. Uh, no uncertain terms that it was clearly a mistake. So I don't know what this, these guys had in mind as far as what their expectations were or what Larry thought would be the expectation and why it didn't come to pass or maybe it did come to pass. Not everybody can play, so. I'd be more concerned about guys who are in the rotation. These two guys weren't in the rotation. Minnesota fired Richard Patino, Rick's kid. Indiana canned Archie Miller. Iowa State let Steve Prom go after disappointing runs. So the coaching carousel, hype it up. Who's going where? Who's getting gigs? Well, Patino I- has been uh, linked to New Mexico. Mm. They, they, New Mexico desperately wants to be big time. And so if they can get the Patino name, they they always want Sizzle. And Shades of Steve Alford going there? Uh, Fran Fraschilla, Steve yeah. Alford, and Dave Bliss, on and on. Six NCAA tournament officials were sent home from Indiana due to a positive COVID-19 test and the resulting contact tracing from the positive test. Four reserve officials are being called in to replace them. So NCAA tournament. How can they be sent home? Shouldn't they be quarantined exactly where they are? Uh, yeah, especially the positive, you would think. Well, I don't know, but I don't know said. if they. I, I mean, they're in Indiana. I don't know if these are upper Midwest people who can drive home. I would think they shouldn't be flying home if that's what you're getting at. Maybe they can drive home. I don't know. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. So the first day that teams are allowed to talk, the signings aren't supposed to happen until Wednesday, but deals are being agreed because, of course, people were talking before this. 
Ryan Fitzpatrick is leaving Miami and going to Washington for one year and $10 million. That'll be his ninth NFL team. Jameis Winston re-ups with the Saints, one year, $12 million. He and Taysom Hill with Drew Brees retired. Who's it going to be? Devontae Booker signed with the Giants. The former Ute gets two years and $6 million. And former BYU cornerback Michael Davis re-ups with the Chargers for three years, $25 million, 15 guaranteed. And the former Aggie linebacker Nick Vigil signs with the Vikings for a year and $1.3 million. Even the little money is big money, PK. Uh, hence, no losers in pro sports. There it is. DJ PK. Hashtag college football. Brian Harson, the former Boise State coach, now Auburn's football coach, has signed a six-year contract with the school that pays him an average of $5.25 million. $31.5 million. Go down there and lead the Tigers against their rival. Throw yourself upon the brick wall that is Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. But for $31 million, it's worth a try. Yeah, timing might actually work out because Saban is pushing 70. He could be the guy. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Ryan Braun said he's strongly leaning towards retiring, but the Brewers' home run leader said he isn't ready to make a definitive decision. He's 37 years old. He visited the Brewers' spring training site Monday. Said he hasn't picked up a bat since the end of the 2020 season. He was MVP a decade ago. Became a free agent when the Bruins declined to exercise a $15 million mutual option in his contract last October. Hmm, you want to come back? You need some more shots in the butt. Could he get a contract and get another Miller too? Since he's clearly not getting 15. Just to be part of it, PK, to run out on the grass. Smell the grass, be one of the boys this summer. It's hard to walk away. Uh, yeah, I, that sounds attractive just having you say that, man. We are 16 days away from opening day. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There is no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, coming up, 7.30, Sean Devaney, the NBA editor for Heavy.com, contributor for Forbes Sports, will join us to talk NBA, talk jazz. Tim Lacombe, jazz radio studio analyst, will be here at 8.30. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Number one. The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, the Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hot Takes or Toast brought to you by Jerry Seiner Cadillac. Right now, you can get up to $6,000 and purchase allowance on the XT lineup. Experience the luxury you deserve by booking a test drive today. 
Coming up, we are going to look ahead to the Jazz and Celtics tonight. Sean Devaney is going to join us, NBA editor for Heavy.com, based in Boston, and we will talk with him about the Jazz and the Celtics. Uh, Question of the day, there's actually multiple questions up, the one that is uh, Jazz-oriented. Are there any ramifications for the results that showed no truth to Elijah Millsap's allegation that against Dennis Lindsay, or is it dropped? I suspect the answer to that is it's dropped. Millsap's out of basketball, so what's going to be done? Wow, so we go from something being that you thought he would have been fired if he said it mm-hmm. to have it been dropped when the investigation finds no evidence that he did say it. That's about as wide of a spectrum as you can have. Yes, I agree. And you can argue it isn't fair, but I don't want to use the word fair around a guy who told me there is no fair in the world. Yeah, but you could use the word fair. If you think the word <laughs> fair is appropriate, that what, who gives a crap it, what I think? It doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> seem fair, but it seems how things are going to play out. If you want to stand up for what you believe is fair or unfair, you have every right, and I encourage you to do that. Be true to who you are. Right. The Sniggledorfs are counting on you. But are there any ramifications? I really don't think there are. I mean, possibly there are ramifications if there are people who believe Dennis said it, who he's got to do business with in the future. Well, that, that, there's that issue, too. So that yes. so if you're looking for ramif- ramifications, is wide open. I think when you wrote it, you intended it to mean, you know, are there any penalties for Millsap? Yeah, part of it. Not yeah. exclusively, though. And I suppose there, there would be the ramifications for people who have to deal with him who think, wow, sounds like you made that up. If a friend on the team never heard it and your agent never heard it, you waited until you're out of basketball to bring it up, yikes. I mean, if you'll well, say that million, about him, if you'll say that about him, will you say that about me? There's a million ter- ramification possibilities you know, in, in the terms of racial justice. If you cry wolf and it didn't happen, does that mm-hmm. set back the cause? Do all, all these white people, especially if you're a white Republican, you're basically painted as a racist now uh, by many, many folks. Or if you're a Trump person, you're painted as a racist. I don't think we can argue that, whether that's fair or not. That's the issue. So uh, now the, the, the people who are painted in that category, do they think, yeah, see, it's not really. This stuff doesn't really. This privileged stuff. And I'm just speaking generally. I'm not speaking what's in my heart. Because uh, I don't have any answers on any of this stuff, I'll be the first to admit it. Does it hurt the cause? Do they say, "Yeah, here we go again"? So you got the social ramifications. Then you've got the ramifications relative to the jazz. Is this? Oh, geez, you know, of course, of course, they didn't find it. That's what they wanted to find. So I mean, all sorts of stuff. I'm the one who's going to say it. You, you won't. You don't want to touch it with a ten foot pole. But I'll say it because that's what people are thinking. I don't know to what degree they're thinking of it, but some people are thinking of it. So you got all this stuff. You can put it all in a big pot and pick out whichever angle you want to go. But there isn't going to be any. The NBA can't really penalize Millsap. I mean, they can investigate, but he's out of basketball, so no. I mean, it's nothing happens. Oh, to him personally? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know that people want anything to have personally happen to him. I mean, what, was he going to go to jail? I mean, 
What could well, he's I mean, already he, out of the league and he's not getting back in? I mean, so the league the tends to find matters. the league doesn't send people to jail. The league would fine or suspend people, but that's not going to happen. Mike posted on our Facebook page: only the ramifications perpetuated by the press. It's a non-story. Drop it. Yeah, I think he just wants to bury his head and doesn't want to have to deal with the ramifications that are out there. I mean, that'd be nice if that's what you could do. And, if, and it's, I mean, it's as old as the media to blame the media. Right? We just had four years of being blaming the media for everything. So, uh, of course, blame, blame the media, blame the press. That's what they're there for. You don't like that something is being said, blame them. And that's, that's an easy solution for you. I'm not sure. The, what, what is the media now? I mean, everybody's media to one degree or another in terms of platforms to be able to voice your opinion. Jonathan says, officially no, but we'll have to see unofficially. Yeah. All right, you can hit us up on Facebook, DJ and PK. Time to bring in Sean Devity, NBA editor for Heavy.com, contributor for Forbes Sports, based in Massachusetts. Jazz are playing the Celtics tonight. Sean, good morning. How are you guys? Good. Jazz fans have their questions. It was so much fun watching them annihilate so many teams by 15 or 20 points, many of them who are decent teams who had 500-ish records, a little over, a little below, and the Jazz handled so many of them so easily, and now suddenly they're not. Four and five in the last nine games, and here come the Celtics, two games over 500. How worried should the Jazz be about the Celtics? What do you think of the way they're playing? Yeah, the Celtics uh, have have sort of been emblematic of what's going on around the league this year in that you know they had a bunch of COVID issues early on, and that 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 uh, after a good start, they're eight and three uh, at one point, uh, and uh, that, then they started to get all the COVID issues. Uh, Jason Tatum was out for a while, and had a few players who uh, had to sit out, uh, and that really threw them off. And the lack of practice time uh, that you have after that, uh, they just it really took them a long time. To get themselves back together, and and you look at a team like Miami or Dallas, you know, it's the same sort of dynamic uh, with a lot of those teams. You know, you don't have the practice time, so once things get really thrown off, it's hard to get it back together. Now, the Celtics had uh, a period where. Uh, you know, it just looked like a bottom fell out. They, they had a big loss to Atlanta uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, after that, they've, they've, they've since rallied and, and they've won, uh, uh, I think it's five out of six now. So, uh, you know, they've gotten themselves back together. Uh, but, you know, it's still a pretty fragile team right now. It's still a team that it's just, it's just so hard, uh, uh, you know, when you have those COVID issues to, uh, to bounce back. And, and like I said, we've seen it all over the league. So for a team that had high expectations and hasn't met them so far, and it's still time to go, and it's going to matter what you do in the postseason, but so far they haven't been met, haven't met, and we know Boston is a rabid fan base. Where is the frustration centered to? Where does it go? You know, uh, what we've seen uh, this year is, is probably the first time that it's been uh, focused on, on, on Brad Stevens. Uh, probably not fairly, uh, in my opinion. Like I said, there was, there was the COVID stuff. And, uh, and, and the real problem here is uh, just a complete lack of depth. 
Uh, Danny Ainge, I think, is probably the one who should take uh, the bulk of the blame because he just—he's he, not built a bench that uh, uh, that Brad Stevens can rely on. Uh, you know, they just—they've—they've uh, they've sort of fallen in love, or Ainge has sort of fallen in love uh, with all these young guys who who uh, Stevens can't really play. You know, uh, a guy like a Javante Green or uh, even a Grant Williams, uh, Carson Edwards. You know, so they've got a lot of guys on the roster who really aren't used. Uh, and in the games right now, maybe they will be down the road, but but you're you're sort of saddled with this bench that uh, uh, that, that that that's really uh, been been counterproductive in a lot of ways. So I, I think the depth is uh, uh, is is the real problem, and that's on Danny Ainge. Uh, but a lot of fans have taken up their frustration on Brad Stevens and uh, uh, point the finger at him. He's been around now for uh, for eight years, and and really this is the first time. Uh, where uh, where fans have really gotten on him. Jason Tatum is 23. Jalen Brown is 24. It's been said about a million times that it's the vets, it's the old guys who win in the NBA. So in retrospect, should the expectations been so high? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's you're right. I mean, this is a team that's been to the conference finals three out of the last four years, uh, and that's that's remarkable. And, and, and rather than the focus being on, uh, you know, well, they've got to get farther this time, you should probably step back and say it's, 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 it's pretty uh, stunning that these guys have been able to lead them there, uh, you know, that many times at their age. You know, I mean, it's, it's going to take more time for them to really develop. Um, you know, one thing we've seen and, and, and something to look out for tonight is, is when things don't go well, you see Tatum sort of, uh, you know, as they call it, hero ball, play a lot of hero ball and, and take long two-pointers that are contesting, you know, bad shots. Uh, but, but, you know, he's trying to, he's trying to force his team uh, back into a win, and, 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 and Janet Brown has done that as well. Um, and, and that's something that they've got to learn not to do. Uh, they've got to learn how to handle adversity a little better, get other people involved. Uh, they try to do it themselves too often. But that's, that's to be expected when you're 20. 324, the fact that they've had so much success kind of raised those expectations, uh, but that's probably not fair. You know, they still have a lot to learn, especially, like I say, when there's when there's a little bit of adversity. So, Brad Stevens, I thought you were going to answer that as far as uh, where the heat was being directed. Been there eight years, and, you know, he came from Indiana with Butler. In Indiana, the university's open. You think he would have any interest yeah, no, you know, I mean, the, the, there's, there's really been no, uh, you know, that that comes up every time. Uh, uh, there's a, a Big Ten school that has uh, uh, that has an opening, especially if it's if it's Indiana. I think uh, the Hoosiers would love to uh, uh, get hold of Brad Stevens, but uh, uh, you know, Danny Ainge is pretty well committed to him, and 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 he's pretty well committed to the Celtics. So I don't see him going back to uh, uh, back back to the college ranks, at least not anytime soon. So how much does the departure of Gordon Hayward change this team, even though he wasn't, you know, the guy making thirty million scoring thirty points a game, he was getting paid big money, but do they miss kind of glue guy who scores a little, passes a little, plays some defense? And Yeah, they do. I mean there's no question that that you know, when I talk about the depth issue, that that, that he's the guy who used to sort of mask uh, all those all, all those problems. Uh, you know, for him, of course, the the issue was 
he doesn't really want to be a blue guy. You know, he, he's got way more talent than that. Uh, and, uh, and, 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 you know, obviously you see it in Charlotte now. Uh, but, um, but yeah, there's no question that they, that, that they miss him. Uh, you know, he was a guy who, when they needed scoring, could score. He was a guy who could handle the ball, uh, and, uh, and create for others very good passers. So, uh, there's no question that they miss him. Um, you know, like I said, they have this really inexperienced bench that, uh, uh, that the coach does not seem to, uh, want to rely on, but, but it's what he's got. And, uh, uh, and you know that's that's been a big issue that uh, uh, that that having Hayward uh, used to really mask some of the problems with that bench. So you look at Ainge, and I think that he has a reputation as somewhat uh, as a gunslinger, and he'll make some moves. And obviously, he brought a title to that uh, franchise when he made a bunch of moves. And you talk about how they have some inadequacies here. We have a trade deadline, and then obviously the off season coming up. Do you think he makes some moves in the immediacy? <clears throat> and also over the long term. He certainly sent out say so they've got this traded player exception from from the uh from the Hayward uh, deal with uh with with Charlotte uh and it's worth 28 million bucks. Uh you know because the cap rules they could basically bring in somebody worth 20 million dollars without sending anything. They could just send back draft picks or whatever. Uh so there's a talk about guys like uh, Harrison Barnes, maybe bringing back Al Horford, uh LaMarcus Aldridge, you know guys like that. Uh, but Ainge has sent pretty strong signals, uh, and maybe it's a smokescreen. But but uh, you know, other teams seem to have the the feeling that uh, uh, that that he wants to wait and use it in the off season. Uh, you know, we could be a little more patient. You can uh, you could maybe find a, a team that's willing to give up on a guy. Um, but you know, it's 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 very frustrating for Celtics fans when he talks like that because I think he, you know. People really look at this team as as a team that has a chance to do something in the Eastern Conference, uh, and, uh, and 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 they need another player, and and it doesn't look like he's uh, uh, you know falling all over himself to uh, to bring in another guy. So uh, yeah, you know, I, 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 the smart money's probably on him waiting, uh, but uh, uh, but you know, I think that that would be very very frustrating for fans. I think they want to see him make a move. Well, Kimball Walker was a move that was supposed to have a big impact. How is that move being viewed now? Uh, you know, it's all about his left knee. So he's had this left knee issue uh, going back to his time in Charlotte, really. Uh, and they didn't think it was a big deal. Um, but, uh, you know, last January, so January 2020, uh, it started to really become a problem. And, and he wasn't the same player. It was obvious. Uh, he sat out for a while, comes back. Uh, and uh, you know was play, played pretty well in the bubble and in the playoffs, but but still had he still wasn't quite himself. You could tell um, had surgery in the off season, kind of surprised everybody uh, with the surgery that he had. Uh, and uh, and you know the knee's sort of been up and down since. You know he came back in uh, I think it was late January and uh, uh, and and has been okay at times and and looked uh, a little off at other times. So uh, you know if when he's on when he when he's playing like. Kemba Walker, uh, they're they're a really good team. The thing is that you just don't know with that knee uh, when that's going to happen and, and, and when he's going to have an off night. Uh, um, you know, obviously every player has off nights, but but with him, you can kind of tell he doesn't have the same explosiveness sometimes. When you get a team like the Jazz that is doing very well in the regular season, but doesn't have a whole lot of playoff history success. Uh, like you can put Phoenix in that situation now too. Uh, Denver a couple years back. Mm-hmm. How much do you believe in them? 
Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, when you look at the Western Conference, yeah, uh, uh, when you get past the, the 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 Lakers, who you kind of presume if 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 Anthony Davis is healthy, uh, you know, to me, it's it's sort of anybody's ball game after that. You know, there's probably you know five other teams I can imagine uh, getting to the conference finals: the Jazz, uh, even Phoenix. Uh, certainly, the Clippers are probably the the, the, the favorite to uh, to play the Lakers in the conference finals. But you know they've they've not looked great. Uh, their defense has been terrible this year. Uh, Denver and, and and even Portland, uh, you know they they they've shown some flashes. Uh, you know you can imagine any of those teams putting together a run and getting to the conference finals. The question is, can you match up with the star power of of Anthony Davis and LeBron James uh, when you get there? Uh, you know, is is any other team really? Uh, right now, I don't think so. I don't think I don't think even the Clippers with the the two star players they have, uh, the the Jazz with the depth that they have. Uh, the Suns with the way Chris Paul has played. You know, I, I just don't think anybody can really, you know, when it comes down to beating LeBron James and Anthony Davis in a seven-game series, uh, I don't think anybody in the West can do it. So, um, yeah, you know, I, 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 you'd have to put the Jazz, you know, probably at the top of the list with the Clippers of teams that will likely uh, be in the, in the conference finals. I just don't see either of those teams uh, knocking off the Lakers in the end. So if you flip that over to the Eastern Conference, is that the same thing you think about the Nets and their star power? Yeah, I mean, man, you know, Philadelphia's played really, really well. Uh, Miami has gotten its act together. Uh, you know, I mentioned that they had some COVID stuff early on, but but they've been terrific lately. Uh, so if either one of those teams makes a move, you know, if, if Kyle Lowry goes to Philadelphia or Miami, uh, then I'd give uh, I'd give them at least a chance uh, against Brooklyn. Uh, but you're going to have to, it's going to have to be, you know, one of those teams is going to have to make a really major move, uh, to, to, to really be a threat to the Nets. The Nets are just, right now, they're just a juggernaut. And <laughs> we haven't even seen, uh, Kevin Durant, uh, for, for most of this. Uh, you know, it's just their, their offense is, is, is off the charts. And, uh, and I just don't see anybody being able to, to slow them down and, and, uh, uh, and contain them. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to see uh, uh, anything except Brooklyn being in the finals. Sean, thanks for a few minutes and coming on and talking a little uh, Celtics and NBA with us. We appreciate it. Okay, thanks, guys. Sean Devendi joining us here, NBA editor for Heavy.com, contributor for Forbes Sports, and he is based in Boston. And PK, when he talks about the West, it's a lot of what uh, we've talked about and heard from uh, other guests. The Jazz are a, a threat, and they've got a shot but the Lakers are the favorites. Well, yeah, that's that's the NBA. I mean, you can usually pick two or three teams that are going to be there in the end, and you're probably going to have about uh, an 80% chance of getting them right. So the joy is in the mystery leading up to it. And then if it gets to that point, can it actually happen? Usually it doesn't happen, and the teams that are identified as the favorites, and now especially since we're halfway through the season, that they're the teams that usually come to pass are the ones still playing and standing at the end. So, yeah, I mean, everybody thinks that. I mean, why wouldn't you? The Jazz have no playoff history. You can't expect them to go in there. and, and they, I mean, they have some playoff history. I shouldn't say none. But the first round really isn't that big of a deal. I mean, no one's talking about being a title contender just getting out of the first round. Maybe the second round, if you get into the final four of your, uh, well, in the league and the conference, and then that could be 
a situation where, all right, I take you seriously. But until the Jazz get to that point, they don't have any history that says they can rely on it. The Celtics being young, uh, uh, so what? I mean, they got there last year. So the expectations, the expect because they're so young, the expectations the expectation is should be even, even more, more so yep. the next year. Yeah. All right, so I don't DJ. Think their expectations are unrealistic. DJ and PK at 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Tim Lacombe, Jazz Radio Studio Analyst, coming up at 8.30. Stay with us. DJ and PK brought to you in part by The Store. The Store has grab-and-go meals and hundreds of local products. The Store has two locations, in Holiday at 6200 South and 2050 East. 6200 South, 2050 East. Also, the second location in the Gateway Mall in downtown Salt Lake City. That is the store. All right, questions of the day. We got multiple questions up. We got college football. We got pro football. We got the Jazz and the NBA. The second of the three questions DJ doesn't believe Taysom Hill will replace Drew Brees as the same starting quarterback, and they'll make a trade or they'll go with Jameis Winston. So, like, what do you think? Did I read that right? So, like, when you write you these, do you think? Let's see how awkward I can make DJ sound well, when no. he reads these. He actually nailed it with like the whole Utah vernacular in that one right there. So, <laughs> like, like, what do you think? What do you think exactly? <laughs> Joshua think- says, if they don't get a guy like Russell Wilson, I think he starts. I think he deserves it. However, I don't think it'd be more than a season. Love Hill, one of the funnest to watch play so many positions, but I feel like he plays too cautious. He needs to throw to guys before they're open. It's not arm strength. It'll come down to his timing and decision-making. I think he deserves it, though. Oh, jeez. He sucks, but he deserves it? Right. He's my guy. I want him to have a shot, but I'm really worried he's not going to do it. Oh, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, it, it doesn't on the surface, but come on. Come on. People don't think... He can do it, but he's a guy who's going to want to have a chance, and hopefully I'll be wrong about it. But you don't deserve it then. You have to earn it. You don't deserve it. Deserve. Uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers deserves to start. He's earned it. Oh, of course. Yeah, but you don't, you don't deserve anything. You've earned it. it doesn't, you, you are going along the lines of entitlement. Entitlement? No. Not, not. For somebody who didn't get anything – and was not entitled to anything. You're you're not going to get me to, to to talk about entitlement. <laughs> My father didn't own anything, man. <laughs> and what he did is not anything I wanted to do because I did it. <laughs> uh, you know, he went and cleaned toilets in the day and came home, and then went and cleaned office buildings at night. And so uh, I don't I don't think you do you really deserve anything when it comes to this level. Or do you earn it? Well, Does Aaron Rodgers deserve it, or did he earn it? Well, he deserves it because he earned it, I think most people would say. Yeah, but see, if he goes out there and sucks in the next, two, next year or so, what does he deserve? Well, I guess we'll have to see how bad he sucks and for well, how long he, he sucks will, before but... he gets there, right? I know. It's a hypothetical most of us aren't considering. I think at this level, you're competing all the time. That's true. Once you start getting into deserve stuff, then you have what you have with the Lakers when Kobe Bryant was playing out the string. Your team sucks. Well, he deserved it. 
You know, he Okay, so then the Lakers have to endure three years of the lottery. Well, who wants that? Right. That's what you're trying to avoid. Which because and so that's yeah. why you don't deserve anything. You earn it. Taysom Hill doesn't deserve he deserves an opportunity to compete. See that I think the thing with the Kobe example is that so once you kind of hit the off switch on competitive on purpose for three years because he deserves it, now you got to jump start and try to go from zero to sixty, and that's hard to do even when you're the Lakers, which is why their lottery streak stretched beyond three years, and it's four, and it's five, and it's it's going to keep going until we get LeBron, and they did, and then that changed things. And, and it, you have the same thing with Dallas, Yavitsky. Yep. He deser- yep. you don't deserve it. Why why cut that off, man? Was it Branch Rickey or somebody with the Dodgers way back when? Trade him a year early, cut him a year early, then a year late? Yep. Somebody said it. I don't know. It, it is the Dodger the organization, and I don't know who it was in the Dodger organization, yeah. but it was definitely better to move on a year too early than a year yeah. too late. Yeah, this is a cold-hearted business. Right. So these guys are treated like pieces of meats who can buy a mansion and never have to work again the rest of their lives. So where do I sign up to be treated like a piece of meat? I mean, right. every, every, everyone's a victim in this world in which we live in today. Everyone's got something they can whine about, including me. And I'm right there at the top of the list with being a whiner. So we hear all that. But I, to me, you, you're trying to win every single year. Your fans are paying hard-earned money when everything is back to normal to to be in these games and support you and all. And do I want uh, sentiment to get in the way? No, I don't want that. I want to field the best team that I could possibly field every year because if that team wins it, then then the other guy got cut, well, I'll get over it. They're all going to end up changing and moving on at some point. Nobody stays forever, you know. It would be cool if the statues were still 25 and Jerry Sloan was stalking the sidelines like a caged animal. <laughs> it was a great time it when it existed. And, and we all loved it. I loved it during the time, and I miss it. You know, And I'd love to have that back, but that's not the way it works. You move on, so you got to make these tough decisions here that are based on you, know, you got to put feelings aside. You, you want, I think the fans want, they want to win. They're not interested in sentimentality. So I think the people of New Orleans, yeah, Taysom Hill is a nice story and all, but if he's not good enough to be the starting quarterback, they don't want him to be the starting quarterback. And that's for Sean Payton and his guys to decide. I don't think you deserve anything. You earn everything that you get. Now you're talking like Bill Belichick. Who's the least sentimental coach you've seen? And to bring it back to uh, Taysom Hill, Christopher says he deserves a chance, but I wouldn't put all my eggs yeah. in that basket. I wish him nothing but success. And if you're, the, don't you think that of all the comments, I think that's the comment that comes close to closest to what the Saints coaching staff thinks. Well, I think it should come closest to what every coaching staff thinks. I like what him, your situation is. but I'm not putting all my eggs in that basket. No. I got Jameis over here. And, and the thing is, I think both those guys are seen as high-end backups or low-end starters. Now, if they actually get a full season here, assuming the Saints don't make a trade, right? Assuming Houston and Seattle hold on to their guys because it's hard to get guys like that. And if they even talk to someone about trading them, the price tag is so high that it's just not worth it. Why do you assume that Taysom Hill is a low-end starter? Because I think that's what is, until you've been a full-time starter and you've had success, I think that's what most people assume you are. So Trevor Lawrence is viewed as a low-end starter. 
Yeah, right now. Really? Wow. And he's probably the outlier to what I'm saying, but still, he's not viewed as a play. The thing is, if you're viewed as a playoff quarterback, is he viewed? He's viewed as a probable potential playoff quarterback, but he's not viewed as a playoff I, quarterback. I, I, and so I think that makes star. you a low end. That makes you a low end starter. He's got more upside. <laughs> the thing is, he's got more upside than the guys who are already in the league who haven't done it. And how do you know Taysom Hill doesn't have any upside? Well, you don't, and that's why he's getting paid what he's getting paid, and that's why. So how do you view him as anything? He's viewed as a mystery right now. I don't view him as anything. What do you go three and one, four and one as a starter last year? Yeah. Something along those lines. Right. One of the games was just handing off because Denver was starting a receiver at quarterback. Uh, because of the COVID situations, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. Right. So, there so was we're no going to get a two-score lead, and yeah. then we are going to take the air out yeah. of the ball. There's no need to throw the ball. The only way you're going to allow the defense and special teams to beat you, and you aren't going to do that. So I really can't put that one or his lack of production on him in that way because they weren't allowed to. Uh, he wasn't allowed to. So I don't know how to view him. That's what this – off season, and I don't know what they're going to do with preseason games and all this stuff. But Please. I haven't. Cl- I have, I can't say I view him as a as anything. If he reviewed the way Trevor Lawrence would be, then Jameis Winston would he even be there, or would he be off to some other team? I don't know. If if Jameis I mean, Winston wanted to go to some other team, he could have, but he know, wanted to stay there. The Cardinals, the Chargers, and apparently Jacksonville here pretty quickly. Unproven quarterbacks who are viewed to have a huge upside. Now, maybe they will have a huge upside, and maybe they won't. You know, They haven't won playoff games yet. They haven't gone to Super Bowls yet, but they're young and just getting started. But Taysom isn't viewed that way. He hasn't been viewed that way, or he would have been handed the keys to a franchise. Over Drew Brees? Before now. Well, not the Saints franchise, but some franchise. He would have left as a free agent. He would have had people beating down the door, and someone would have given the keys to the co- keys to the car. Oh, I don't know that I can assume that the, the Saints gave him a whale of a deal. I mean, if you're happy where you're at, and you're getting paid a ton of money, uh, and you're a small town kid, I mean, why would you go chasing after something else that, that may or may not work when you know you got a good situation there? I can't say that. And he knows that he's playing uh, for a team that has a 40-year-old quarterback, and he's playing for a coach that clearly believes in him. I can't say that, oh, if he was good. What you're saying, if he was really that good, he would have left. No, I think if people thought he was really that good. <laughs> you keep putting That's, it on other people. You don't want to well, put it yeah. on yourself. <laughs> no, because because the other clubs have to offer him that opportunity. They have to go with somebody else. I mean, Washington... They've been in the quarterback market forever. Uh, Jacksonville's been in the quarterback market forever. How do you know Somebody, that he had any interest of going to Washington? I'm just throwing him out because they signed a quarterback yesterday. Well, go and through I'm a throwing list it of, out, too. You put out any team of, out there. Go through a list of teams that need a QB. Did they go New for New Orleans. Did That's why he stayed. Well, 
Yeah, he knew full that, well that Drew Brees was going to be retiring. Of all the people who knew, it was probably going to be his family, and it was going to be Taysom Hill. So well, that's like Steve Young. When Steve Young was a backup, well, they viewed him as a mid to lower guy because all the teams that needed a quarterback, why didn't he sign with them? He didn't want to. He wanted to stay right there because he knew that was a good situation, and he knew his time would come, and he knew he'd be an NFL MVP. He knew he'd win a Super Bowl and he knew he'd be a Hall of Famer. Why didn't he leave? It's the same exact situation. There was a ton of conflict there and it did work out that way, but I don't, I don't think everybody knew for sure it was going to work out that way. But they, if the teams needed a quarterback, go down the list. Why didn't they offer him? Why didn't he leave? It's the exact same situation. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.